You're listening to The Gospel Underground, the only podcast that helps to develop artists for musical excellence and ministry propulsion. It features guests and tips that help empower artists to manage the business of music while being effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm your host, Janice Levine. So let's get this show started. All right, everyone. On this episode, we are welcoming PR professional and author, Miss Andrea Williams. Andrea Renee Williams is a singer, songwriter, pianist, and serial entrepreneur. A former eight-year Grammy Awards project manager of the Washington, D.C. chapter, Andrea owns several Christian music-related companies, including the award-nominated gospel and Christian music PR and marketing firm, Sahila Enterprises. In addition, she is the CEO and owner of Live the Life You Sing About, a company targeted to helping sacred artists follow the word of God in their music ministries. Andrea is also the author of the book, Live the Life You Sing About, How to Live with Integrity in the Gospel and Christian Music Industry. A business owner since 1999, Andrea has interviewed countless artists and written hundreds of articles for media outlets such as GospelCity.com, Charisma, and Gospel Today. As a publicist and marketer, she has worked with some of gospel and Christian music's top artists, including Gladys Knight for her gospel release, Where My Heart Belongs, the late Andre Crouch, Pastor Charles Jenkins, Martha Munizzi, Anita Wilson, Ernest Pugh, and Byron Cage, as well as up-and-coming indie artists, including Damian Merle and Psalmist Rain. Andre is the recipient of the Y'all Buama Award for Outstanding Contributions to the Gospel Music Industry, a two-time award nominee for the Rhythm of Gospel Award for Gospel Internet Promotion and Marketing Group of the Year, and has been named a mover and shaker in the Gospel Industry Roundup. I want to give a big welcome to Miss Andrea Williams. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Gospel Underground. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Yes, I am so excited to have you on for just so many reasons. But, you know, before I get ahead of myself, because I know I get excited, <laughs> I want you to go ahead and fill in some of the blanks, some, some of the things that we didn't talk about in the bio, fill in the blanks and just tell the audience a little bit more about who Andrea is. Well, first of all, I'm a child of God, period. Amen. <laughs> um, I have been, I honestly don't remember when I wasn't saved, to be honest. You <laughs> wow. know? I mean, I grew up, you know, I had pastors and preachers and evangelists, Sunday school teachers, deacons, all that on both sides of my family. So, you know, I, God was always something, somebody that was always so present in my life and church was always so present in my life. So, um, you know, that has always been basically the crux of, of who I am. You know, my father was a preacher before he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I grew up in a Christian home. So that was really my foundation. Um, music has always been right there with, with my faith. Um, started playing piano at seven years old, mm-hmm. took lessons then, uh, studied classical music for about 10 years. Um, and then God also gave me a voice. Oh, I've been singing since, wow, since eight, seven, eight, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've um, been singing. And then, um, you know, didn't really kind of took it for granted until, um, you know, I was singing in front of people and noticed how, how God would move. And, you know, it was then that I realized it was more than just, you know, a gift or, or something that was in my genes. You know, it was actually something that God had called me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so basically what happened is I was like, God, you've given me this talent. You've given me these songs and you've given me, you know, all these things, but I don't know anything about the industry. I was like, how do I get into the industry? How do I start? How do I, how do I really, you know, do this thing? I don't know enough. And so it was literally, you know, not very long after I prayed that prayer that I ended up working at the Grammy Awards. Um, So I helped start the DC chapter of the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, which is the full name, Um, (laughs) but everybody knows it as as the Grammy Awards. And so I started that in 1998, Uh, started as administrative assistant and then moved up to project coordinator and moved up to project manager. And, And basically a big part of my job there was to encourage people to join. So a lot of people just see the show in February and they think, you know, that's all the Grammys are. But it's actually, you know, an organization for music industry folk and from producers to songwriters to, you know, anybody has anything to to do with the music business. Um, And so while I was there, God opened so many doors for me. I met people I never thought that I would ever meet. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And through that experience, all by itself, that one door, God opened a ton of doors uh, after that. And, and so I was there for eight years and um, then launched out into full-time entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and, and some other companies after that. So that's kind of, I guess, a synopsis sort of, 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 <laughs> of my life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You sound like a Jill of many trades and I definitely <laughs> want to touch on, on a bunch of them. So, Wow, this is so exciting. And I love what you said about the Grammys. A lot of people do not realize that it is an organization um, and it's yeah. more than just a show. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. So I want to kind of come backwards a little bit and I want you to tell us a sure. bit about your spiritual background. What denomination did you come up in and how did you come to know God? Well, um, my parents were Baptist. All my family is basically Baptist. And mm-hmm. so I grew up at, at Friendship Baptist Church in, in Northwest D.C., and, um, you know, at the time when I was growing up, I mean, you know, as a kid, many times your, your parents would drag you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh man, we got to go to church again, you know, that kind of thing. And so it wasn't until, you know, honestly, later in life that I realized the value of, um, of what I was hearing, you know, the sermons and, and just being part of church and being in part, you know, part of church life. I was never like the rebellious one. I was never the one that, you know, got in trouble or anything like that. But it wasn't until a little bit later that I really, uh, really embraced God, you know, all of him and really just said, you know what, I really want to do this Christianity. I want to put a hundred percent of myself into this, you know? And so that wasn't until, until later in life, but, um, you know, I've always had a sense of God, always had a knowledge of God, always wanted to, to really please him. Um, and that just comes from, from my parents who just, um, instilled faith in me, instilled God in me, mm-hmm. the importance of walking right, walking holy, yes. um, you know, the importance of, of being not just, you know, presenting yourself as a Christian, but actually being one. Yes. Um, you know, so, so those, that, that, I would have to say my upbringing was part of that, but there was definitely a point later in life where I just like fully, fully, fully committed and, and just, you know, said, okay, God, you know, here's my life, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that you want to do with it, you know, do with it. And I think as Christians, we're, we continually go through that where we're like, okay, I think we, we need to recommit. You know, yeah. sometimes it's like, you know what, God, I'm, I'm holding on to this. I've got my own agenda, my own plans. But but what do you want with my life? You know, you do with it as you see fit. 
you know, so, yeah. Amen, amen. I really wanted to ask that question because, um, and we'll get into a little bit more later, but you have such a strong sense of intimate relationship with God and a strong sense of ministry and not just artistry or not just mm-hmm. business. And I think that, that is so important because unfortunately within the gospel music industry, even though it's labeled gospel or even though it's labeled Christian, we don't always um, sense that that urgency to really press into God and to really seek yeah. his face for what we call music ministry. So I really, really yeah. love that about you. Um, and that's something that I can really relate to. I am the daughter of, of a bishop as well. So I, I mm. totally understand. <laughs> I understand you know, <laughs> going to church and being dragged to church and, you know, <laughs> first one there opening the doors, closing the doors, you know, so I totally get it. And um, sometimes it can have an effect on you where you're like, I don't really want to do this anymore. But right. there comes a turning point where you have to say, you know what? I want to know God for myself. Um, and I yeah. want him to have his way in my life, not because yeah. of mommy or daddy or whoever, but you know, it really becomes an intimate thing between you and your savior. So I really, really, yeah. I sense that from you very strongly and from reading your book and just from just the conversation that you tend to drum up. So uh, with that being said, I actually, you, you came on my radar actually through Facebook. So um, mm-hmm. I have no idea how we became friends, but I'm so glad that we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that is? Like you have like friends yes, on Facebook and yes. they post and stuff. And you're like, who is this person? Like, I don't remember becoming friends with them, but okay, you know? <laughs> right. It was kind of like that. And I look at it as divine appointment um, because you just have such a way on social media of drumming up amazing conversation. I just feel like every day you're posting something, just invoking thoughts within the gospel music Mm. industry. So can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Is that all intentional? Like, you know, what's what's going on with that? Well, you know, you know, every once in a while people ask me about that. And honestly, I just woke up one morning and God just kind of gave me all these questions to ask, you know, and, and so it was not really, it wasn't really an intentional thing, you know, but, you know, after a while, it just kind of became this thing that I, I did, you know what I mean? And, and, and like you say, I mean, I want it to be thought provoking because I feel like many times in the gospel music industry or those in, in music ministry, uh, we kind of get into a, a, I don't want to say a rut, but lots of times we do things and we don't really think them through. Yes. You know, we don't really think about our walk. We don't really, you know, we get up in front of, of, of church every Sunday morning as worship leaders or we sit at the organ or we sit at the piano and we just kind of do it by rote, you know, and we're not really thinking about what are we doing. We're not really thinking about our walk and how that affects the worship that we give. We don't really think about what kind of life we're really living. Is God pleased with me? Yeah. You know, and I, and I think many times people are, we're so, we concentrate so much on having a pure tone and not a pure heart, mm, you know? Yes. And so I feel like God wants to, and that's really kind of where the book came from, honestly, from a, a bleeding that I felt in God's heart, honestly, for those in music ministry. And, and his heart was just really grieving. I felt like, because he said they were, they were chasing, mm-hmm. you know, that many of us are chasing things. We're chasing the fame. We're chasing being on stage and being seen and being talked about in our face on album covers. And, yes. and, you know, people are, you know, all those followers we have on Twitter and, 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 and his heart, 
and his desire and pleasing him kind of is not as important as it needs to be with yeah. many of us. And so that's really kind of where the questions come from. That's really where the book came from because I want it to be thought provoking. I want people to think about what it is they're doing, why they're doing, you know? Um, and, and some of the questions I know for a fact, I'm not going to get a lot of answers. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to stir, I wanted to stir thought because, you know, I think yesterday I'd posted something about, you know, are you spending more time on Twitter than you are in worship? Mm-hmm. You know, are you spending more time on Facebook than you are in the Bible? Yeah. You know, and, and I knew I wasn't going to get a whole lot of comments <laughs> on it, but I wanted people to think about, okay, how much time do I spend in the word? How much time am I praying? How much of my life is really dedicated yes. to my relationship with the Lord? You know, um, and so, you know, in this technological world, it's easy to get caught up in Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram yes. and posting this and being here and being seen with this person, that person, and not really focusing on the most important thing, which is our relationship with the Lord. At least it should be. Absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. Oh, my goodness. Like I said, I just really feel like uh, us becoming friends on Facebook and just me like seeing like, oh, my goodness, was totally divine connection because what we do here at the gospel underground is uh or the or the theme that god gave me for this business and and this podcast is artist development for ministry propulsion and it's funny because i was coming up out of my sleep and that's what i heard in my ears and i was just like ministry propulsion like what so i kind of started looking up the definition of words and i was like okay this is to push the ministry of jesus christ forward um just like you said we get so caught up with the artistry and with the industry and with yeah. the popularity contest. It's just, and, and it's funny because sometimes people don't think, oh, it's gospel, it's Christian, it's not like that. No. <laughs> I, I had a conversation with Mita Washington of Kirk Franklin's Praise, and we talked about that. You know, there's no difference between the gospel music industry and the music industry. It's the same exact business. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like as believers, we have to do our due diligence um, at, at, prioritizing ministry and business, you know what I mean? And not letting one thing overcome the other, you know? I I think that we have to be on our toes about that. And I think um, as being called as music ministers and all of that, you know, I think that's that's something that God is trusting us with. I did a podcast a while back that spoke about how uh, the the unusual anointing of of being a, a music minister, it's something that, People give you the praise because they see you, but it is required of you to give the glory back to God. So when I started really noticing like, oh my goodness, this this woman is on point, you know, (laughs) I started noticing, (laughs) you know, the questions that you were asking. Um, And then I saw that you wrote this amazing book. I'm just like gushing over this book. (laughs) Um, It is called Live the Life You Sing About how to live with integrity in the gospel and Christian music industry. And let me just tell you, this book could not have come at a greater time. Like, I'm not exactly sure when you put it out, but all I know is it came in my life (laughs) at the perfect time. (laughs) So I want you to just tell us about the process of writing this book. Um, Yeah, just just give us all the details on on this book and, you know, the inspiration and where you see it going and what you want to do with it. Just give us everything. You know, Janice, I really struggled with writing this book. Um, <laughs> I know. Because, I mean, I, I really struggled. I mean, God gave me, um, like I was saying a few minutes ago, that, you know, he, I really felt his heart 
about, you know, where he felt like his children who were called as Levites, which is really the way we need to look at ourselves as modern day Levites, um, that, that we were getting, you know, uh, sidetracked. And so when I felt his heart and I felt his heaviness, I knew it was the moment to write the book. Um, and I even say this in the preface that I really was very hesitant because I didn't want it to be, you know, something where people were like, well, I can never live up to what I think, or I did this, or I did that. So I'm imperfect, you know, and, and I did not want people to be reminded of their sins or feel like, you know, I've fallen short. We've all fallen short. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I still wanted to make sure that, that there was a standard out there that people remembered that there is a standard that we who call ourselves believers or Christians, that there is a standard we're supposed to be emulating Christ. Christian means Christ-like, you know? And so we need to exemplify in the earth, you know, what Christ looks like. Um, And so I had this battle on the inside of me because I was like, okay, well, if I put this book out now and something happened with the Christian art, it's going to be, oh, it's a knee jerk to that because so-and-so did so-and-so, you know. (laughs) Um, But but I had to kind of tune that out and just say, okay, this is is the word that the Lord has given me. Um, And actually came from a prophecy that somebody from Chicano Glory Ministry had prophesied to me that, um, that you know, that I really wanted, it was, it was my heart that, that artists would actually live the songs that they're singing. Yes. Um, and so that was kind of the impetus. And so it took me literally from, from the time I started to the time it was released last year, eight years, wow. to really write it. And that was a lot of months of just putting it down and not doing anything with it until last year and I just really felt like motivated that you know I need to I need to put this out and not to condemn anybody not to make anybody feel bad about where they are or where they aren't but just to remind us that God wants us to be light in this world yes um and that we need to continue to strive even if we don't make it even if we miss from time to time, we still need to strive because people are looking at us ex- as examples of Christ. So that's really where, you know, the emphasis of the book came from. And um, it took me a while to really kind of decide, you know, what am I going to say? What should I say? And, and of course, you know, there are times where, where, you know, God just gives me things and I'm like literally taking dictation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I love when, when he does that. And there were other times where and I'm like, okay, I feel like he really wants me to say this. And so, um, it, it was definitely a combination of that. It's chock full of scripture. Yes, um, it is. So it's not, just, it's not just my opinion, you know. It's really backed up by, by the word of God. But, you know, I really wanted it to be a manual for people who are in music ministry. And I really believe that, that you know, because it's practical as well as spiritual. And like I said, it has a lot of scripture. It definitely references, you know, things in the Bible. But then at the same time, because I am in the music business mm-hmm. and have been for 20 years now, I have to, um, I have to put that in there because that's an important part of, of, of music ministry, especially if you want to see a larger platform. You feel like God is, is calling you to international ministry. You need an understanding of the music business so it's got practical insight it's got spiritual insight um but it's really a book that i just wanted to kind of be the gift to people who either are just starting a music ministry or people who are uh, have been in it for a while 
mm-hmm. and just may need some reminders of, of what God's word says about how we should live. Absolutely. And let me just say, as a consumer, you have done an excellent job um, with this book at executing everything that you set out to execute. Um, I got so emotional when I first started reading it because um, I'm reading and I'm just like, some of the things that you said, I've had conversations where I have said the exact same thing, like verbatim. Um, and so it really just like struck me and hit me in a very sensitive place because, you know, I understand your hesitation with writing and putting out the book. I totally understand, you know, because saying the right thing and saying the responsible thing is not always what people want to hear, you know, like people want their yeah. tickled. They want you to give yeah. them the formula to be famous. They want you to, you know, make them feel good, pat them on the back almost nobody wants correction, but I've come to learn at my own walk with Christ that conviction is good because conviction is a warning sign. Um, And so even as I have been reading the book, like I said to you, you know, before we began recording, you know, I've I've been having some amen moments and I've been having some ouch moments, (laughs) (laughs) but I praise God for the ouch moments because to me, that's just another reflection of God's love, his mercy, his grace saying, wait a minute, Janice, you're not doing it 100% right, but Andrea has put words in this book to, to show you, you know, which way to go. So I just have to say personally, thank you, thank you, thank you for writing this book, for your courage and for your bravery, and most of all, for your obedience to God, because... Mm-hmm. what has been said in this book is just nothing but the word of God. It is straight from God. And I am so, so thankful and so, so grateful for the book. So um, it's definitely a book that I'm going to continue to promote because I definitely feel like it's a book for, as you said, people of any stage within the gospel music community, whether you're just starting out, whether you're you know halfway through, wherever you are, I think this is a book that can definitely propel you and strengthen you um, and just get you back focused where you need to be as an artist or whatever it is that you're doing in the industry. So thank you again so much for the book. I'm just like, oh, I can go on and on about it. <laughs> so let wow, it's so humbling. It's humbling because, I mean, there's times when I, I have to go back to the book and read it myself, you know, because yeah. it's like, you know, I was kind of going through a tough time recently and, and I had to go back to the chapter where I was talking about Satan and the different ways that he comes to music ministers and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and it just kind of encouraged me, you know, because I mean, when you're writing a book for years and years, you don't necessarily remember what you wrote, yeah, you yeah. know, years ago, but, but that's, that's the word of God. You know, that is the word of God. It comes back to you yeah. when you need it. You know, you need to refresh. You need to be reminded of what God said at particular times. So, you know, I, I pray that, you know, it, it blesses people and it continues to bless people um, because I really, I really am sincere about wanting the gospel music industry to be in a better place than it is today. Amen. Amen. And so I guess spinning off from what you just said, um, there has been a lot going on within the past couple weeks within the gospel music industry, particularly the past, I guess, week. Um, yeah. So I want to know you know, with you writing this book, I want to know what are your thoughts of what's going on? You know, the whole situation surrounding Andrea Johnson and, and just all of that. Yeah. Um, and what advice 
um, as an author of this book and also as a PR person. I don't want to forget about that. Mm -hmm. Um, What advice would you give a Leandria Johnson or someone in a similar situation as her? Well, number one, I mean, I think that um, there are issues that need to be dealt with on the inside. Many times we have anger, there's unresolved feelings. Those things really need to be resolved within the privacy of a counselor, a pastor, a therapist. Amen. Um, you know, because there are, um, there are issues that, that we all go through in life that hurt us, that we are not healed from. And in ministry, we definitely want to, we don't, we want, don't want to hurt people. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? We want to bring them the healer, the ultimate healer. So if we broke it on the inside, many times we, we share that and it perpetuates something that's not positive and not Christ-like and is very negative. And so I think, you know, in, in, in our humanity, we all fail. In our humanity, sometimes we, we say things we shouldn't say. We do things we shouldn't do. We vent. Um, unfortunately, with social media nowadays, you know, you vent and it's there forever and people don't forget. Yes. You know, as a publicist, as a publicist, I mean, you really have to watch what you said because it's there forever. People have eternal memories, <laughs> you know. Um, now, now, after a while, you know, people may forget but there are some things that are done that it's hard to get past Mm -hmm. so you know I would hope that anybody that has the kind of platform that Leandra has would have a publicist somebody who is going to be there who said no you probably won't want to do that you probably don't want to say that no don't do that Facebook live no you don't want to do that you know um, but I think, you know, even, even deeper as Christians that we need to deal with, with whatever is going on in the inside of us. Um, the Bible gives us clear instruction about what to do if we have ought with our brother. Yes. You know, um, yes. there are definitely things, especially in the New Testament that, that tell us how to handle situations if we are grieved by something our brother or sister has done. So I would hope that in the future, anyone who is in a similar position would go to that person. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's a, a fellow gospel artist, whether it's a pastor, whether it's, you know, leader, leader of a church, you know, to go to them and have an honest and real conversation and say, this is how I'm feeling. This, or when you did this, this is how I felt. Or when you didn't do this, this is how I felt. And just really kind of get it out, pray about it, talk to the Lord about it, have counselors that yes. are believers that are speaking into your life. So, I think that that it's a a cautionary tale for all of us, Um, especially in this world that we live in. It's so easy for stuff to go viral. Um, And we want to make sure that we are representing the Lord well. Um, You know, expletives are just not something that should be coming from a Christian um, at all. Um, And so we need to just make sure that that we're living a life that, that is pleasing to the Lord. You know, so... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The whole situation is just extremely sad. Um, it is. She's extremely talented. Very oh gifted. Oh my gosh. She is. I remember the first time I actually saw her live, there was a, it was a, this was years ago. There was a, like a, a gospel music documentary out here in New York City and they had, were having a screening for it. And um, she was there and she was standing on top of the balcony and everybody was just like, you know, standing below um, and they asked her to sing. And no, there was a lot of conversation going on or whatever have you. And she just opened up her mouth and just started singing This Is The Day, the song that she, uh, I guess, I think that was a song that she got into Sunday's Best on. And mm. at the second that she opened her mouth, 
the whole room was just hushed and you could just feel the presence of God. And, you know, yeah. to see a gift like that um, and to see just, just a vessel like that, um, you know the enemy is mad. You know what I mean? So yeah. watching yeah. all of this like unfold, it just had my stomach in knots and I was just so grieved and so sad. And, and to be quite frank, upset. Because, you know, if yes. he can take your testimony and he can destroy your, um, destroy your testimony, like I said, then that, that's it. That's all he needs. Because the fact of the matter is some people will never forgive you. You know what I mean? Especially with this internet age. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it has just been so heartbreaking to watch. Today, I do believe that there was an apology that was issued. And perhaps a publicist or someone, you know, really urged her to do so. <laughs> But, you know, we're praying for her and not just her because yeah. she's, she's the one that was bold to say it, you know, or to say whatever yeah. is going on. There are a lot of disgruntled and very upset um, people within the gospel music industry and within the church, period. So, yeah. um, you know, these are the last days. And it's just really sad because, as my mother says, you know, the enemy never goes to, he never goes to, he never goes away. He just kind of gets quiet until he can come at yeah. you again. So it's just, yeah. You know, even even if he has to wait until you are ninety nine point nine years old, he will come at you again just to steal you out of the yeah. hands of God. Um, exactly. So we're exactly. praying for Leandria and yeah, yeah, the music yeah. industry at large that we get back to this place of holding up the standard of Christ and living the life that we sing about. You know, and living yeah. living what we claim. You know, which is the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's yeah. a very interesting and, and sad situation. But um, I kind of want to turn the gears a little bit. I want to talk about your company. And please excuse me if I am saying this name wrong. You have a gospel and music PR and marketing firm. Is it Sahila Enterprises? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I got it right. So um, talk, talk to us about that. You know, how did you get started? What exactly do you do as a publicist? Well, I got started in 1999 and basically kind of started the company um, because God had really given me a gift to write and yeah. um, people were coming to me. Uh, I had this idea actually to start this newsletter. And so I started a newsletter and, and this was, you know, way before the Bell Report, way before, you know, where we are now. But um, there was a lot of information going on about what was going on in the industry, you know, live recordings and charting and that kind of thing. And so started a newsletter called the Austin News Update, and that was really the genesis of Tehillah Enterprises. And, and it kind of morphed from there to doing bios for, for Verity Records for their artists and, okay. and writing for Gospel Today and that kind of thing. Um, and so that was, like I said, that was really the start. Um, and then when I left the Grammy Awards, uh, that's when I started to do things full time. Um, and so it actually became at that moment a PR firm. And right. so basically what I do um, for gospel artists and also now Christian businesses and, and other, other faith-based companies, um, my goal is really to share what they do with okay. media. That's okay. a big part of what I do. So, so I will book an artist for, for instance, a TBN or maybe have them on the cover of a Christian magazine or featured in an article in a magazine or, or we'll write a story that will be uh, included on a blog or something okay. like that, set them up for interviews. Um, so that's a big part of the publicist. 
a publicist's job is really to tell the story of the artist and to share that with media and to share that with the people that can be influenced by um, by their story. So the goal really, and I really see it as an extension of preaching the gospel to all the nations. I mean, I really do. Because <laughs> I think that, that publicity um, is really important because that's how people know who you are. Yeah. That's how people know what you're doing. That's how people hear your gift. That's how people are moved and touched by your ministry. Um, they need to hear about it. You know, they need to see it. They need to witness it. Um, so as a publicist, that's, that's a big part of my job. And then also, uh, as a publicist, one of the things that I do is to really tell people's testimonies. You know, a lot of people have some very powerful testimonies that are kind of the crux of their, their music ministry. So, you know, I share that with people and, and, you know, I've had artists, I had one artist um, a number of years ago, she was in an abusive relationship oh and uh, an abusive marriage and she, she got out of it um, and God gave her this song, I Am Healed. Mm-hmm. And so I was so moved by her song, you know, I, I ended up representing her and ended up getting her in Bobby Jones Gospel on BET and she shared her testimony on, on BET. Um, and then sung the song on um, Bobby Jones Gospel, and and it those kind of things touch my heart because that's millions of people that yeah. heard her testimony. That there could have been a woman who was watching who was just abused by her husband, thinking there's no hope for me, and yet they can see her standing up there, you know, singing the song and and bringing hope to somebody. So. So publicity to me is more than just, you know, being a publicist. I see it as an avenue that God uses to share what he's doing in the earth. Wow. I love that. I'm so glad that you clarified what that is, because I know that a lot of independent gospel artists, they don't have a clear understanding of um, the different team members that they could possibly have on their team. Um, So I'm really glad that you clarified. Could you, um, I guess, give us some advice on at what point should an artist start to look to add a PR professional to their team? I think at the point where you have something to promote. Okay. Um, so I would say, you know, whether you're getting ready to release a single, you're getting ready to drop your first full release, that's when you want to look at a publicist. So gotcha. I'd say a couple months out um, is always a good thing to, to have. Um, one of the things that I do, I actually have another company called Adoration Corporation, and I do consulting okay. work artists as well. So it's good to kind of talk to somebody even before you get to the PR phase about, you know, what to do, how to do, uh, you know, because many times artists, and and I found artists to to be like this because I knew, I I was the exact same way where I'm like, okay, I know how to sing. I know what to do at church, but how do I do this industry thing? And so there are a lot of artists out there that, you know, they have the gift, but they don't necessarily have the knowledge. And so I would encourage them to not only, you know, think about a publicist, but, you know, maybe a manager or other people that can actually guide them in the right direction, you know, give them the advice that they need so that they're taking the right steps at the right time. Um, but, you know, in reference to a publicist, you're bringing a publicist on, I would say, right before, a few months before you're planning to release your, your album. And actually, the earlier the better, because there are some times when an artist will have a cover, for instance, a cover of a, a CD and their face is not shown. And you're like, okay, I know that this is artistically wonderful for you, but 
you know, you are a debut artist. People need to see your face so that they yeah. can, so that they can connect your face with your music, with your name, you know. And so there's little things like that where it's good to have people that are, are kind of pouring in your life and advising you along the way, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because um, information is something that many independent gospel artists lack. Um, and I think sometimes maybe because it's really expensive or sometimes we just come across different yeah. people and it's, they have like these vague answers. So uh, I'm so glad that you shared all that information. Could you just tell us the name of that other company you had? You said it was Adoration? Yes, Adoration Corporation. Okay, so I'm definitely going to link to that in the show notes as well because I want people to connect with you um, so that they can tap you as another resource. You know, we got to work the people that we got coming on the Gospel Underground. Amen? <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the reason that I really started Adoration Corporation was because of the consulting. Basically, it's just a consulting firm, and that's all, all that that company does. And, and it really kind of helps to steer, whether it's ministers of music or gospel artists or people in different aspects of ministry, it really kind of guides them and gives them the advice and education that they need so that they're making the right choices for their ministry. Amen. And that is exactly what we want, um, especially in trying to balance living what we say that, you know, singing, excuse me, living and singing the same, yeah. thing, you know, yeah, exactly. without exactly. the proper information. You know what I mean? I think sometimes that's something that throws us off as well. You know, we're, we're so eager and so hungry to jump into this industry that, you know, we kind of throw out the standards. <laughs> And it never get a leg up. So I am so grateful for Adoration Corporation and everything that you're doing. So uh, before we get into our final four questions, I kind of want to ask you a couple of fun questions. Um, as I read in your bio, you've had an opportunity to work with a lot of different people. Who is someone that you just absolutely had a ball working with? Wow. Um, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny because there's different people that I've met along the way, whether I've represented them or met them, that I had a really unexpected, it was different than I thought it was going to be. Okay. One of the things that I've realized with celebrities is that, you know, when you meet them, your opinion of them is going to be changed, mm-hmm. either for the worse or for the better. <laughs> it's just, that, that that's just the way it is, you know? Um, I would have to say the one artist that I was really floored by was Bono from U2. And I know he's not a gospel artist, <laughs> but I was, I was really floored by him, by his heart, his spirit. Um, uh, it was the first Grammy event I ever did. It was all by myself. My boss was not in town. And I'm meeting like the biggest band in the world. And he was beautiful and he was wonderful. And he was so kind and Christian to, to all the students and, and to myself. So he would be one. Um, Andre Crouch, I was very humbled to represent. I'm glad that I met him years before and had lunch with him years before I started to represent him because I was one of his last publicists. And so, you know, his wow. health was really, really declining. Yeah. Um, but really great person, really lovely spirit. Um, I mean, God has, has, has introduced me to so many great people um, along the way um, who have been, you know, really kind to me. And, and I've learned a lot from Kirk Franklin. Mm-hmm. Love me, Kirk. I mean, love me. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we had lunch together and, you know, he's just sitting there talking to me and everything and asking me questions and very into, 
you know, what, what we were discussing, you know, and even from that point, you know, every time I see him, he's like, Hey, okay, what's going on? I'm like, Oh my gosh, you remember me, you know? And, um, and even when I first met him, he was like, um, we've met before. And I'm like, you Kirk Franklin, I would remember when I met you. <laughs> he's like, no, why are you front? He's like, no, for real, why are you front? We met before. And I was like, what are you talking about? I love you. <laughs> and I remember, I literally remember, it was like a couple years before, he had come to my church. My minister of music was Byron Cage at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirk Franklin had just released his church project. And I was one of the singers on the stage with him. And we never formally or officially met, but he remembered oh, me. From yeah, I remembered you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I have a yeah. funny. I have a funny Kurt Franklin story. Uh, this was years ago. Oh my goodness, I had to be like thirteen. Um, <laughs> and I, lived, I was raised in Georgia. I'm originally from New York, but I was raised in Georgia, and I was standing outside of Target in North Cross, Georgia. <laughs> I was standing outside of Target, and here comes Kurt Franklin just walking out of Target. And I'm like, really? what in the world? So I just freak out. I just completely freak out. I was like, ooh, ooh, it's, ooh, it's you, ooh. That's all I can say was, ooh, it's you. And it was just the funniest thing ever because he just was like looking at me and then he started laughing and he just gave me a hug. And I was just like, oh my God, nice to meet you. Ooh, ooh, I just kept saying, ooh, it's you. <laughs> And then afterwards, I was like, oh my gosh, Janice, you're such a dummy. Like, I was just so embarrassed. And my brother made fun of me for like the rest of the week. But um, it was just the funniest thing ever. And when I think back, I'm just like, girl, what, what was going on? It's so funny because I come in contact with so many different people now. And I'm just, I'm not really phased. There, there are a few people that I get like, oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. I look yes. back and I was just like, girl, you were really a child. Like, what was going on? So... <laughs> to be a very cool person and and he took my uh excitement very well he just kind of was like looking at me and laughing and then he just hugged me so it was cute (laughs) oh man i feel so embarrassed telling that story but it's okay it's okay okay. (laughs) all right (laughs) so um is there anyone that you are just waiting to work with deceased okay let me just let me let me rephrase that is there anyone that if you could work with them, you are really excited about working with them, deceased or alive, who would that be? Oh, wow. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a tough one because, I mean, honestly, a lot of my favorite artists um, were from back in the 70s and 80s. You know, on the Hawkins, and I mean, I've, I've met, you know, I met Walter, well, I talked, interviewed, I should say Walter Hawkins. Okay. Um, okay. I I sat down and had tea with Tremaine Hawkins. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. And, and honestly, I mean, there's not really a lot of people that I can think of right now that I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta meet. You know, yeah. that that God has not given me the opportunity to at least interview. Um, so there's not a lot of there's no one that actually comes to mind right now. Hey, well, that's a blessing. You've been blessed to work with many, many people. So that's a blessing. That's a good problem to have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our final four. These are four questions that I like to ask every single guest that comes on the Gospel Underground. So let's start with the first one. Okay, so the first question is, what is a practice of yours that helps keep you motivated and moving forward in ministry? Hmm. I think 
always keeping in mind the purpose that God has on my life. Amen. Um, music is my passion. It's, it's outside of God. It's the reason I breathe, you know? Yes. Um, and so doing that consistently, singing, writing songs, playing, that's the thing that continues to motivate me to, to write more songs, to sing more, to, to do more. So I think walking your purpose consistently in itself motivates you um, because you see the results of what you're doing. Um, and, and if you're doing it in front of people, you see how other people are, are blessed by it. And I think that continues to motivate you too, because during the times when, you know, things are kind of dark or, or things aren't going the way that you want, just knowing that somebody's being touched by what you're doing, I think continues to push you, you know, to make you, to make you continue, to help you continue. Amen. Amen. I love that answer. Keeping your why in front of you, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So question number two, since what we do within the gospel music industry is not strictly business, but also ministry, I would like to know how do you define success? You know, it's funny because I was actually planning to teach a a class on um, how to basically how to define success. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think it's twofold because I think that there's a success that ministry has and a success that business has. and I think, you know, when it comes to ministry, I think obviously touching people's lives, you know, bringing people to the cross, yes. you know, um, yes. helping them to see Jesus within you and changing their lives through the vehicle of music. Um, you know, I mean, I think those are things that are, are ministry successes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you know that even if there's only 10 people in the church and one person came up to you crying, saying your song is the answer to my prayer, that's ministry success. Amen. To me. Amen. You know, I think that when you look at a business success, then, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about the world standard of success. So, of course, um, you know, profit, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, having whether it's, you know, making a certain amount of money, selling a certain amount of CDs, downloads, that kind of thing, having a certain amount of concerts a year, um, you know, turning on the billboard, you know, I think those things are definitely awards, obviously, you know, Grammys or, or sellers or doves. I think those things can definitely be deemed as successes. And I do think that, that artists should have uh, goals that they set for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but it's got to start and end with ministry. Amen. You know, you can't, be, you can't have business success at the point where you compromise ministry. Amen. And I think many times people, people do that. So even if you do have business goals, which I encourage you to have, the ministry goals, are the ones that when we lay at the feet of Jesus on the day that we see him, those are the things that are going to count. Amen. And you know, as a believer, naming the name of Christ, I love what you said. It has to start and end with ministry success because ultimately yeah. we represent God, you know? So yeah. those um, business successes, and there's nothing wrong with setting goals and achieving them. That's what we're supposed to yeah, do. But definitely. as a representative of Christ, his job and his work has to outweigh everything. So I really, really love that. Thank you so much for that. All right. So question number three, what piece of advice would you give an artist on prioritizing business and ministry? Hmm. Wow. Um, (laughs) I think that, you know, in order to stay, to keep ministry a priority, 
God has to be a priority. And so I would say things like praying, yes, fasting, reading the word, you know, fellowship with other believers, worship. I think consistently having those things in your life will keep you focused on ministry. Um, you know, because if you're not focused on those things, then you're focused on other things. Um, and those things will draw you away from your calling. It'll draw you away from Christ. So I think keeping God as a priority and all the things that he thinks are important, keeping those important in your life are the things that are going to keep ministry as a priority. Amen. Amen. I love that. I've been like trying to um, set some routines for myself. And, and I agree 100% yeah. with what you said. I, I like to start my day very early in the morning and I always start it with God first. And, you know, as we yeah. mentioned before, I have my goals and I have those different things, but I realize that, you know, my day, my life, my mind, you know, everything moves so much easier and so much smoother when I put God first. And I feel like, you know, the scripture yeah. says that, seek ye first, the kingdom of God, you know? Yes. Um, yes. And I just feel like when we keep that at the forefront, everything else will, will flow and everything else will work and just move easier. So I agree. We are, we are one accord. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So number four, last but not least, um, what area can myself and the listening audience support you in your business and your ministry in prayer? What is your prayer request? Mm. My prayer request right now is really to take the songs that the Lord has given me and to expose them to the world. Um, for 20 years, I have been in the gospel music industry, and it's been a blessing to help a ton of artists through these last 20 years, and I'm so grateful. But I am seeing that God is requiring of me um, what he put into me to come out. Um, you know, I get songs in my dreams. I have a slew of, of music. I play, I write, I sing. Um, and so I'm at the point now where I'm feeling accountable <laughs> for what God has placed within me. So I would encourage people just to pray for, uh, for my own music ministry, you know, as I encourage others to, to pray for me because, um, you know, I need that support in, in stepping into something new and something different, even though I've been surrounded by it for years, um, stepping into that on my own. Um, it's different, you know, and, and I, I would need prayer for that. And then pray for my businesses, Amen. you know, that, that, that God would continue to bless them, that the artists that I work with, the clients that I work with will continue to be blessed by the services that I offer. And, and that my companies will continue to be profitable and, and beneficial to those who need them. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your, your openness and your transparency. And thank you for the opportunity for us to even be a blessing to you and to pray for you. I believe in prayer. I believe in mm -hmm. prayer. I believe in talking to God. So I mean it when I say we're going to pray for you. I'm, I'm really serious about that. Amen. Um, so thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Very, very welcome. I so enjoyed you. You just blessed my whole evening. Like, I just so enjoyed you. I'm so happy that I had an opportunity to speak with you. And if the Lord says the same, this will not be the last time we have you on. So thank oh, you. Oh, I would so love to come back. Oh, thank you so much. But before we let you go, we have to let you give all your information. How can people get in contact with you? How can they reach you on social media, your websites? Just 
give it okay. to us. Let us know how we can get in contact with you. Okay. Well, I have several um, social media handles for all my businesses, <laughs> which I have several, but um, everybody can reach me on Facebook at Andrea Renee Williams. Um, and then also on Twitter, Andrea R. Williams. Um, and then on Instagram, at Andrea Renee Williams. Um, and also on my website uh, for my company, Tehila Enterprises, it's T E H I L L A H. PR.com is my website. So that's TehillaPR.com. And of course, live the life you sing about.com. Everybody can reach me there as well. And then Adoration Corporation, which I mentioned a little earlier, uh, they can reach me at AdorationCorporation.com. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I will link to everything in today's show notes so people will have a direct link to you. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And last but not least, because we love you so much and we are in such agreement with you, I have purchased a copy of Live the Life You Sing About. And if you guys would like to uh, possibly get a chance to win that copy, definitely check out the show notes and click the link there for a chance to win that copy. I believe in the contents of this book. I'm not just saying this. I really, really and truly believe it. And um, I just think this is a book that any and everybody within the gospel music industry can and will be blessed by so for a chance to win a copy of the book definitely check out the show notes for that opportunity you don't want to miss it andrea thank you again so so much i just feel so like blessed and humbled to have you on thank you again and i appreciate you so much thank you so much and thank you everybody for listening definitely stay focused on jesus and keep one another in prayer and we will speak to you soon Hey family, thanks for listening to this episode of The Gospel Underground. To learn more about us, visit us at www.thegospelunderground.co and be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore gospel underground. Don't forget to join us in our community and continue the conversation on Facebook simply by searching The Gospel Underground Community. And last but not least, if you love the show, be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes.